The Protectors of the Wood episode series. Episode number 33, The City of Blocks Comes Alive. Rose was absent again the following day. Abby, Tom, and Rob helped the group move the play city and the forest to the sunny spot near the south windows. It was a lengthy task. The children expanded the city in the process and added new characters. Franklin wanted a wizard to live in the forest. He also wondered if there were any bad guys there. Tiny reported that Emily, the daughter of the good fairy, had said there definitely were bad guys, but she wasn't sure they were in the forest. Lucy said the bad guys always want to steal the treasure. Ned asked, Is there really a treasure? I've never seen it. Lucy told Ned, That doesn't mean it isn't there. Rob announced, This is our city. It's our story. Let me find a few more people you might want to live here. He crossed the large room, rummaged in a wooden chest, and returned with a little metal wizard with a tall pointed hat, a cloak, a staff, and a clear glass crystal ball. Rob handed it to Franklin, who stared at it in awe. Look, the ball changes colors! And indeed, the transparent ball faintly shimmered with rainbow colors as it moved. Rob opened his other hand and displayed a metal dragon with outstretched wings standing on the edge of a treasure chest containing another glass ball as well as tiny stones of different colors. The dragon may have been just landing or just taking off. Rob handed it to Ned. The others gathered round to examine these delights. Franklin placed the wizard in the middle of the forest, and Ned moved the trees slightly to place the treasure there also. Jane wanted to know if the dragon was good or bad. The group disagreed on that subject. Tiny flew her witch into the forest and said that the witch was in charge of all of them. Franklin wasn't sure and asked if the witch was good or bad. Tiny replied with confidence. Franklin wanted to know, Then who are the bad guys? Rob again rummaged in the chest and returned with an assortment of figures and set them out in a row. There were comic book heroes, villains, men in suits, a princess, and a hand-carved figure of the good fairy, more than twice as tall as any other character. Ned asked, Does Robin Hood and his band live in the forest? Tiny said, The good fairy says they do. Rob took another trip to the wooden chest and returned with very small figures made of green felt with painted faces. Each wore the telltale green Robin Hood jacket and hat. And next to Robin Hood's band, Rob set out a series of gnomes clothed in brightly colored felt. Kayla was impressed. Oh, can 
these be over here? She placed the gnomes among the trees near her and one next to her house. This gnome is our guard. Lucy declared, I know where the bad guys come from. They come from town and want to steal the treasure. Everyone needs to guard the treasure. This story developed for a whole hour. Rob found angels, men in suits, and a policeman. Wonder Woman and Robin Hood's band created a line of defense. Tiny placed the good fairy on a windowsill above the city, and she made it clear that the good fairy was very aware of all happenings below and could intervene whenever she wanted to. Jane insisted that there should be animals, including dogs, birds, cats, and raccoons. Ned asked, Ooh, can I have an owl? Rob found a small, very beautiful gray owl with wide brown eyes. Kayla burst out, I want to see the owl again in the churchyard, just like that one. Tiny looked straight at Abby. Can we go to the secret place? Abby hesitated and looked at Rob. And then she replied, It's too far to go there today, but maybe we can go outside and try to be very quiet and see animals. Tom Winkle said, Wonderful idea. I know where the woodchucks and raccoons live. The group's enthusiasm reached a fever pitch. Rob found a pair of binoculars and promised each child a chance to see things far away. Tom led the group out to explore. As Abby rode home after lunch, she thanked her lucky stars for another beautiful morning. Such good chemistry. Now just one more good day, and then this outrageously interesting weekend. Oh, please help us. Please help us. Back at the church, another crowd, even larger, awaited her at the gate. Once again, Officer Harley, Sule, Nico, and Phoebe were defending the churchyard. Abby decided to take things very casually. Hi, everyone. Coming through. Just a little space, please. I live here. Where do you work? Please. Yesterday, I promised to consider planning another interview. I took your cards. But anyone who bothers me at work will never speak to me again. She noticed a reporter trying to interview Sule. Are you employed by the Evansville Record? Bill, lay off. She's just a kid. Abby recognized Zoe from the day before. Yeah, but she's nude. Abby exclaimed. Hi, Zoe. Good to see you. Officer Harley, thanks so much for helping us. I'll be coming through with these three. She pushed Sule, Nico, and Phoebe toward the gate. Meanwhile, Abby whispered a few words in Zoe's ear. You and Barry wait here a few minutes. I'll be right back. On her way through the gate, half a dozen business cards were thrust into her hand. They walked over to the bench in the churchyard. 
Phoebe opened the discussion. I don't know if this is wonderful or terrible or what, but we've got to talk about it. Abby's heart made a leap. Oh no. Just when things were going so well. Please, make it okay. Sule, Nico. Phoebe looked at them with a serious face. Tell her all about it. Sule was looking at the ground. I didn't mean to create a problem. I'll erase it all if you want. I didn't say it was a problem. In fact, I said it might be wonderful. I just don't know. And we've got to alert Abby. Phoebe looked sad and downcast. Sule, I don't mean to make you feel bad. If it's a problem, I'm to blame. You asked me, and I gave you permission to create the blog. I encouraged you and Nico. None of us expected this to happen. Sule was still looking at the ground. All right, I understand. It's a lot of pressure. I'll tell Abby. Nico cut in. I think it's fabulous. I'm happy to talk about it. He looked at Abby and said, It's all about hashtag please help us. It went viral. It's all over the place. And Sule's dad is mad because all these people are trying to talk to Sule. And Sarah is mad because she's afraid it'll bring a rowdy crowd and disruptors to the demonstration. So whether it's great or terrible, it's been bad for Sule. And I don't think it's fair. Phoebe and Sarah both gave her permission. Her father did about a million dollars worth of business this morning. I actually had the idea for the blog in the first place. Look, Abby, Sule is not doing this stuff all by herself. We're all in this together. Phoebe hugged him. That's very true, Nico. Thank you. You say it much better than I do. Nico smiled and his eyes glistened. Gradually, Abby got a clear run-through of the story. After Abby's escape from Middletown and the hailstorm, Sule, with Nico's help and Phoebe and Sarah's permission, created a blog called Sule and Nico's News from Middletown. They published the photos and the videos that were used by Sarah for the Evansville record, plus narratives and photos that the record did not publish such as photos and recordings of the band. Sarah, Callie, the band, and hundreds of others started sharing the material all over the various platforms. Sarah's political blog, Staff United, the official news outlet for the Students Against Fossil Fuels, shared and referred people to news from Middletown. Callie's blog, The Rolling Thunder Band, shared and referred people to news from Middletown also. And a video of a recent Thunder Rolling concert in the Evansville Student Center had reached thousands. A college radio show included music and interviews from the band and became a podcast. After Sarah's interview with Abby spread through the river valley, Sule and Nico's creation became a monster of a news outlet. And then, 
Sule's video of Abby's words with the crowd of journalists the day before went viral. The whole group of blogs, as well as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts, began using the tag, hashtag, please help us. And members of the Evansville student body began using it to invite people to the demonstration. Sarah and Amy, however, were firm in criticizing the term demonstration. They pleaded with everyone to use the term gathering. They wanted to advertise the event as a group of student and faculty advisors gathering to make the trustees aware of opinion on campus. But it now looked like the event had gotten out of control. Abby was experiencing mental bottleneck syndrome, too much information to process. The voice in her mind said, You still got Zoe and Barry over there. Catch them before it's too late. The message was urgent. Thanks for listening. Episode 34 is coming soon. To hear all the episodes, please visit our website at www.protectorsofthewood.com. For Facebook and Instagram, visit us at Protectors of the Wood Book Series. Come follow me It's alright you see There's nothing for you to fear Come on over here You can see me through your tears I'll listen to you I hear what you say Go ahead and cry from your heart I'll see you part with me There's always a way I'll see you wherever you you found Just walk through the door In my world there's always some more The best is in store The real story goes on and on
what you found.